This is most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent His own Son into our world to die for your sins. And we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. The Gospel from Luke chapter 12. These words of Jesus will serve as a basis for today's sermon. Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grasses of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? You of little faith. And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your Father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. there was something bad that could possibly happen, Melissa knew about it, and she thought about it a lot. Melissa worried about driving at night. She always offered the encouragement to friends and family, watch out for deer. Melissa was worried about the economy, its ups and its downs, and the impact that it would have on her family Melissa worried about what car to drive. She thumbed her way through the crash test reports to find out which vehicles held up best in the case of an accident. Melissa was always concerned about her personal finances, always feeling like she never had enough in her emergency fund. She always struggled with making even the most simple of purchases. Second-guessing them, maybe those sneakers with the holes in them could have lasted just one more year. Melissa always worried about work-life balance, hoping and praying that she was devoting the proper amount of attention to all of the responsibilities, to all of the things that were on her plate. Melissa always wore SPF 50, And she'd be the first to tell you, even when it's cloudy, you can still get a sunburn. Melissa worried. And she worried 
and she worried if there was a way to play something safe, that was the way that Melissa played it. Melissa's husband, Brad, knew this about Melissa. And he loved her for it. But that doesn't mean that Brad didn't push her gently ever, so gently every once in a while. Once Brad invited Melissa to go with him on a hike. It was a hike that was new, a trail that Melissa had never been on before, and Brad knew something about that trail that Melissa didn't know. She thought that she was prepared in her backpack. She had her first aid kit in case anything happened. She had her sun hat in case the sun came out, her rain jacket in case it started to rain. She had flares in case they got stranded on the side of the trail. But nothing in her backpack could prepare her for what Brad knew was right around the corner. She walked there and saw a pedestrian bridge. Fifty feet long, it was wobbly from her perspective. It was a death trap that she would not be uh, able to go on in any way. Sweat began to drip down her face. Her knees began to shake. Her voice cracked and quivered. No way. And as she turned to make her retreat, she was one step before she was in the face and arms of Brad. You're going to do this, sweetie. You're going to walk across that bridge. No way. There's no way I could do that. Do you trust me? And she said yes and grabbed his hand, but she still walked a, a step behind him as Brad walked her to the edge of the cliff and said, look, what you see as a wobbly, dangerous bridge, look at those steel reinforcement cables. Those cables could support 30,000 pounds. Everyone on this trail could come on this bridge and jump up and down, and it still wouldn't budge. You're safe. And look. Look at how those cables are anchored into the side of each cliff, anchored into the rock. There is no way that you'll be hurt. This bridge isn't going anywhere, and neither am I. You've got this. And she nodded and smiled, not yet fully convinced as she took her first steps out onto the bridge. About halfway through, she let go of Brad's hand, and by the time she made it to the other side, she was actually starting to have a little fun. In life, we can be like Melissa. In some degree, in some way, shape, or form, to some extent, we have that worry in our lives. And maybe some of you are a lot like Melissa and worry in a lot of extents and to a lot of degrees. We fixate on the things that we think could possibly go wrong. We obsess over the things in our life and the challenges we might face. We devote our attention to things that are out of our control and we place our minds in places that they shouldn't be. Kind of normal, we tell ourselves. It's, it's just kind of a, a part of being 
alive. And though we think it, it might be normal, and, and even though everyone experiences this phenomenon called worry, Jesus doesn't call it normal. Jesus doesn't excuse it away as a part of the human life. No, Jesus talks about it in far different terms. Jesus says to those who worry, you of little faith. Now that might sound at first hearing like it's a, a bit harsh. Jesus is really going to accuse me of having a little or a weak faith just because I do what every other human being does, just because I have some worry some of the time. God tells us that he will provide for us, giving us all that we need. It's King David who wrote Psalm 145, who says of the Lord, The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. King David wrote Psalm 34 as well. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Paul reminds us in Philippians chapter 4, My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. This is what our God teaches us. This is what God's word says. He will provide for us. So either God's words are wrong or we are. So either there's a weakness in the things that God has said to us or the weakness is in us. And since the word of the Lord stands forever, it most certainly is we who fall. Worry really is a trust issue after all. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? It makes no sense. No sense for us to worry about the things that God has already taken care of. It makes no sense for us to worry and doubt about the promises that God has made to us. God's got a pretty good track record in our lives, wouldn't you agree? Our God is faithful. So why worry? Worrying can't do a single positive thing in our lives, not one. But it can do an awful lot of negative things. It's a waste of time, for one. It can have an adverse effect on our physical health, for another. It can be a distraction, for sure. Did you know that the word worry comes from an old English word that means to strangle. And isn't that a fitting picture? When we spend our time fretting about things that God has under his control, when we spend our time worrying or doubting about things that God has already promised to provide for us, that's like a stranglehold on our lives. It robs us of the joy and the contentment that God desires for us to have. When we worry, we are doubting the promises of God. We are living our lives as if God doesn't know what's best for us. We are claiming that we know better and can live our lives in a better way. We need not worry. 
Because God's got this. Yet Jesus calls us to account. Do not worry. Worry is a matter of trust. It's a, it's a faith issue. And when we worry, that's called sin. And sin puts us in the line of fire, the fire of God's wrath. If you want something to worry about, that's something you can worry about. How our sins have destroyed our relationship with our God. Now that's something of which we should be afraid. And yet, to worriers like you and like me, Jesus himself speaks these words. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. What undeserved love. We who deserve punishment are instead given the kingdom. We who deserve to be separated from God are welcomed at a place at his right hand. We who have everything to fear are told, fear not. We have nothing to fear because our sins have been washed clean. We have nothing to fear because God has seen fit to rescue us from sin and death. We have nothing to fear because God gave us that which was most valuable to him, his one and only son, Christ Jesus was willing to come to our world and stand in our place. He was willing to live life for us. The life that we could never live. He lived a life of perfection, always trusting in God's plan for him, never doubting a path, even a path that ended in a cross. Christ Jesus always clung to the promises of God and never wondered, never wavered, never worried. And Jesus' time in our place didn't end there. He stood in our place even when the brunt of the wrath of God was coming. Christ Jesus stood there to take your punishment and mine, to take our pain away. He was willing to have blood shed so that we could be washed clean, so that our wounds would be made whole. He was willing to die so that we could live with him. And now our God promises us grace and every blessing. He repeats to us his assurance that he is there to provide, that he knows our needs and knows how best to provide us for us. Jesus feeds us better than he feeds the ravens. He dresses us in finer clothes than the lilies. God's got this. Apostle Paul encourages us, reminds us in Romans chapter 8, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Christ Jesus is the greatest gift that we will ever receive, but there are so many other gifts that come along with him. We are so richly blessed to be members of his church. Members of his church means that we get to enjoy community and friendship. We get to be part of a Christian family, a place where we belong. We have brothers and sisters in the faith that we can live with and stand side by side with. There are efforts that we can join. 
causes that we can support, a ministry that we can participate in. God surrounds us with people who love us and who love to encourage one another. And that means when we are down, they will pick us up. That means that when we are in need, they can and will fill it. And in turn, God puts us in that very same position for others so that we can show love to those around us, so that we can be the word of encouragement that they might need, so that we can help others when they are the ones who are in need. Our God blesses us so richly, supplying for us all that we need and so much more. God blesses us with contentment in knowing He's got this. He blesses us with peace, knowing that God is on our side. He blesses us with joy, knowing that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And now when the trials in life get intense, when the burdens grow heavy, when the challenges are more than we can bear, we can remember King David's encouragement in Psalm 55. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Take to heart the words that God uses to comfort his prophet Isaiah. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Set your hearts on things above. You can be confident in knowing that God knows your needs. He knows your struggles. He knows everything that you're going through in this world, and he knows how best to provide for you. So do not fear. Do not fear because God is faithful to his promises. Do not worry. Do not worry because he is mighty to deliver and strong to save. Would you rather be led by anyone else? Would you rather have anyone else guarding or guiding you in your life? God promises to guard and guide us through this life into the green pastures of his grace and mercy. He promises to guard and guide us every step of the way until we inherit the fullness of eternal rest. He promises to be our shield and our defender. So put your life in his hands and follow where he leads. Rejoice that you have a place in God's family forever. Seek his kingdom and all these things will be given to you as well. Rejoice that we don't have to live life on our own. Rejoice that God is with us. He loves us more than anyone ever will. He holds us in his protecting hands and he promises to be our strength when we are weak so you can live your life boldly, confidently, joyfully, knowing that no matter what this world might bring, no matter what challenges we might face, God's got this. Amen. Please stand. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. 
This grace is for you.